0: Well, we're so glad to see each of you this morning and have you in God's house with us. Last Sunday, I took the time that we had. We talked about how Jesus came into Jerusalem doing what we know as Palm Sunday. As we look at that, looked at that event, Jesus was coming into Jerusalem on a borrowed animal, and people at that moment were praising him. Later that day, he went into the temple... And he saw what was going on, and he saw how people were selling things, and the Spirit of God was not there. And we know that he became angry, and he threw the tables over, and we know that at that moment, Jesus wept from what he saw in Jerusalem. Because what he saw was that a lot of people were professing one thing, but doing something else. And in our world today, sometimes if we're not careful, we find ourselves following religion and not realizing the importance of Christianity, having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning, moving along those same lines, I want us to think about the importance of the Holy Spirit of God. In the news this week, all we've heard, Friday and Saturday and even today, is about the government shutdown. Because Congress could not come to an agreement, the government financially has shut down. Newspeople have been going around sharing and going to people that have been affected or will be affected by this shutdown. And these people have been sharing their story of how they're worried if they're going to get their check or not. And you can imagine if you were relying upon the government and, and you are wondering if you're going to get paid on time, that would be a concern. I wonder this morning, though, if God somehow could communicate with us and issued a, dec- a decree that starting... Next Sunday, God is no longer going to be in the churches. In other words, God is no longer going to come to the places of worship. Now, I don't know how that would be, but I'm just using that as, as a what if. If God, the Spirit of God, would no longer be in the churches, would there be any point to go to the church? Think about that. Would there be any point to go to church if the Spirit of God is not there? I know some of you have got that question look on your face. I'm not trying to trick you, but I want us to think about, are we desperate for the Spirit of God? Are we desperate for the Spirit of God? What would life be without the Spirit of God? Now, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me in the Old Testament to Exodus chapter 33. A very familiar story, a very familiar verse here in Exodus chapter 33. What we're finding in this chapter is that the children of Israel had, had, as you know, had been led out of Egypt by Moses. God had taken care of them at the Red Sea. God had taken care of them as they were leaving that area and wandering. God sent uh, manna. God sent water through the rocks. God provided for every step of the way. Now they had got to the point where Moses was up the mountain talking with God, and God was giving Moses what we know today as the Ten Commandments. You also know in the story that when Moses came back down, carrying the tablets, what Moses found was shocking. What Moses found is that these people who had been provided by God, I mean provided provision, water, food, everything that they needed, were down there worshiping a golden calf. Moses, in disgust, took the tablets and threw them to the ground because he could not believe that the people had turned back to their ways. Now, where we're going to come into the story is in Exodus chapter 33. Look with me at the first three verses, but hold your hand there. The Lord spoke to Moses, go, leave here you and the people you brought up from the land of Egypt to the land I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I will send an angel ahead of you and will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, Parasites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I, listen to this, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. Wow. You know what God is saying here? He said, I'm going to fulfill my promise. I'm going to give you the land I told you I was going to give you. I will take care of all the enemies. I will take care of them. I will knock them out. You can go there. It's yours. I promise it's there. But I'm not going with you. Wow. But think about it. What was Israel without God? What are we without God? Some of you can remember back when you were young and your parents every summer took a vacation, maybe long, short. And as kids, you always ask, when are we going to be there? How long are we going to be in this car? And finally, your dad would just finally turn around and say, if you say another word, I'm going to leave you at the next gas station. (laughs) Here God is saying, y'all go. But I'm not going with you. I've had enough. I've done this for you, and I've done this for you, and I've done this for you, and I've done this. You go. I'll take care of it. I'll get you there. But I'm not going with you. Israel would be nothing without God. And we need to see today, what would we be without God? You know, in our world today, we think we can do a lot of things. We look at ourselves and feel like we're very self-sufficient. In our churches today, we have arranged our churches, and we can do things in our churches, and our churches have become mechanicalized, digitalized, all these other eyes. We can do church And I wonder if we've moved God out of the church. Think about it. What are the prerequisites of church? Start on time and especially finish on time. Some of you, if you fell asleep during the service, would know that if you woke up and we were still singing, you'd say, well, they're still in that congregational music you woke up during a prayer, you go, well, maybe is that the offertory prayer or the closing prayer? Maybe it's the closing prayer. And it'll be all over. You know, some of us, if we fell asleep and we woke up, we wouldn't have missed anything. Oh, well, no, I'm just, you know, we're this far. Because we've got it, what? We've got it timed. We've got it fit to what's comfortable for us today. But what time is God's. Have we in our churches today become so comfortable and and so so convincing that we have built our services and built our worship and we've left God out of it? If we have, then we're just like the children of Israel facing the promised land without God. Guys, if churches today If we have moved God out of the church, then we should just change the sign and call it something else. Because if God is not in the church, then it's not the true and living church. I believe today, just like there are those who are worried if they're going to get their next paycheck, and justifiably so, are we desperate enough that we are so concerned about the Spirit of God that we are doing everything in our power and ability to make sure that we're still worshiping the one true God and realize the importance for the Spirit of God. We need to be desperate for the Spirit of God. We need to be desperate for the Spirit of God because, you see, we have an assignment that we cannot fulfill if we don't have God. You think about what the church is supposed to do today. The church is to reach the lost, but if we don't have God, we're fooling ourselves. You see, we have we have an assignment And that assignment is to reach the lost. The church is a place for the sick. The church is a place to help people come and maybe get rebalanced or find their direction or find the help that they need. It's not us. They need Jesus. And if the church doesn't have Jesus, then we need to close the doors. You see, we need to strive for the Holy Spirit of God. Now, look at Moses' response. You've got to imagine Moses hearing this, going... But look at Exodus 33, go to verse 12 and 13. Moses said to the Lord, Look, you have told me, lead these people up. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. But if I have indeed found favor in your sight, please teach me your ways. And I will know you and find favor in your sight. Now consider this nation is your people. Now Look at verses 13 and 14 there. Now if I have indeed, verse 14, I'm sorry, then he replied, that's right, Go to 14. Then he replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Moses was saying there, Lord, if you want me to lead these people, who are you going to send with me? I, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me, but Lord, what did he say? Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. Have we become so advanced in our society today and in our religious life that we no longer need the teaching of God? Have we become so all-knowing and and so, well, Lord, we've done this for so long. We know what we need to do. Or should we cry out every time and say, Lord, Lord, teach me your way. I believe in our world today, as it is changing, we need to be reminded of the ways of God every day. In our world today, as certain things seem to be permissible and some things shun, we need to be reminded of God's ways. The world is saying God's ways are no longer relevant, but God's way is the only way. I want us to see today that we have an assignment, and the only way to fulfill that assignment is to allow the Holy Spirit of God to flow among us. I know some of you are not much into church history, but maybe you've heard the name Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was in the middle of the Great Awakening period of the church, and one of the simple quotes John Edwards made, he said, Only God is able to do the work of God. Amen? Only God is able to do the work of God. Churches, individuals, we need to be careful that we are not trying to replace God. Only God is able to do the work of God. And we need to strive to see that there are things that only God can do. And we need to look to him. St. Patrick, I know a lot of times we don't get into saints and all those, but St. Patrick, one of his favorite prayers is when St. Patrick, this was his prayer, I like it. Christ with me, Christ above me, Christ beneath me, Christ in me, Christ beside me, Christ in front of me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie, Christ when I sit, Christ when I arise. Christ in every heart that thinks of me. Christ in every mouth that speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. Christ in me. He is my everything. Guys, that's what we need to see in our lives today. Is Christ our everything? Is God our everything? Is he everything to us? we have an assignment we also have a privilege that we cannot forsake we have a privilege as a child of God not to make us in the sense above someone else but for us to 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 lead out and and to show people we have a privilege that we cannot forsake we need to see that we have found favor and we need to realize the intimacy That God and Moses had and how we need to have that same intimacy. God said he knew the voice of Moses. Still today, we know time after time. It is amazing to me. You can have 20 kids out in that play yard. One begins to cry. Who knows the cry? The mother. He said, oh, that's not true. I've seen it time after time. A mother knows her child's cry. I want us to think about that. I want us to, to think about how God is wanting that intimacy with us. He, we have a privilege of being with him and having a relationship with him. And, and we need to be careful that we, are not, that we do not give that up. Now, I want you to make sure you keep your place in Exodus. I want you to turn over to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 15 or no I'm sorry yes John 15:15 15, 15. John 15:15 15, 15. look at this John 15:15 Then 15, 15. this is Jesus talking okay This is what Jesus is telling his disciples he said I do not call you slaves anymore Because a slave doesn't know what his master is doing I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I've heard from my Father. Did you hear that? Do you, you see what that's saying? We're not slaves, we have the privilege of having a relationship. And brothers and sisters, we need to see and we need to be careful that we should never, never lose that relationship because we put God to the side or think that we can do things without Him. He's saying, I want to make things known to you. Now also, while we're in the book of John, go to chapter 16, verses 12, 13, 14, and 15. And John 16, beginning with verse 12, Jesus said, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. Now, did you hear again as you read those verses? Jesus said, all the Father has belonged to him. All that he has done, he's going to make known to us. You see, that's the privilege. He wants to make known to us these things. The other reason I want us to think about is that we should be desperate for the, for, the, for the Spirit is because we have a family we cannot forget. Moses, this is what Moses was doing. Moses was trying to remind God, God, you've got a family. We are your children. You have a family. We need to see today that we also are blessed with the family of God. God. I'm sure, just like we are sometimes with our children, we want to hang a few. We want to put them out at the stop. I'm sure God is saying, boy, I wish. Moses is reminding them, because we are family, we cannot forget. Now, go back to the book of Exodus. Go down to verse 14. Exodus thirty-three, fourteen. Then he replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I want to go to verse 15 if possible. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go from here. What we find here is that Moses is saying, God, if you're not going with us, don't make us go. Because we can't do it without you. Other nations would look at us and see that we were hollow because we no longer have our God with us. God, don't make us go from here. Moses saw that they were family and that's what Moses was trying to convince God. God, we're family and we go together. Now, we find a little later what Moses asked for. He said... God, I want to see you face to face. Has anyone seen God face to face? No. Nope. How did Moses see God? God hit him in the cleft of the rock, and Moses could just see in the sense of the reflection behind him. He couldn't see him face to face. No one can. But here's something we're forgetting. Here's something we're for- forgetting today. Through Jesus Christ. The verses we just read in John 15 and John 16, what did it say? Jesus is telling us what? I am showing you everything of the Father. I am allowing you, see, you can see God through me. Wake up, church, we can see God through Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus was revealing to his disciples. That's what he was revealing to mankind. We can see God through Jesus. This is what Jesus is doing. And we're part of that family, and we need to see how God has brought us together. I also want us to see that we need to be desperate for God or for the Spirit of God, is because we have a God that we cannot. Let me just put it this way We've got a God you can't put in a box. You can't put God in a box. He's bigger than any box you have. Uh, this Christmas season, I was amazed of some of the big boxes that came to our house. I didn't know they made boxes that big, but they, they, they do. Well, let me tell you something. You can find the biggest box in the world, but you can't put Jesus in it or God in it because he's bigger than that in the sense of his being, his awesomeness, his knowledge. Do you think... Do you think we know everything there is about God? Do you think we're even close? We can't fathom. Because we have a God that is so big. In verse 17, the Lord said to Moses, Moses, I will do the very thing you asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. I will do this very thing you've asked, for you have found favor. What does that tell us about God? Guys, what do we need? We need Jesus. We need to allow Jesus to reveal his Father to us in a way that we realize that we don't want anything else but that. In other words, we don't want this or that. We want God through Jesus Christ. Because He's the only one that's going to give us the truth and, and be able to see God in a way that we've never been able to see God before. You see, if we're not careful, we can make churches and we can make worship service and, and we can make things, but do we have the true and living God in the sense of, please, Lord, may Your Spirit never leave us. And may we yearn for that, may we cry for that, that the Spirit of God is in this place and in your life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We love you. But Lord, I pray this morning that we would see the importance being desperate for your Spirit, because Lord, if we don't have you, There's no need for us to continue. We would be hollow inside. We would not have true meaning. Lord, may we see that in all that we do, we need you, the Spirit of the living God. Lord, begin with me. Begin with us, Lord, that we would desire and cry out for the Spirit of the living God. Flow among us and flow among our churches. Lord, we ask this in your son's name. Amen.